this is somewhat of a continuation into the story that Charles and I were just going through, which is just generalistic marketing. How, who are you going after as a candidate? What are candidates looking? And we're kind of going back and forth. It's, it's all the same, Zor and Z. Um, but now we're going to get into a little bit more into the reinvestment side of the business and where should that reinvestment come from? Coming up next. We had such good momentum on that last video, but it would be a pipe dream to think that people are going to watch our videos for more than 30 minutes, right? I, I think that was a good judgment call. Okay. All right. So reinvesting in your business. Now let, let's, let's, we, let's focus a little bit in on, on the emerging multi-unit operator. So it's the folks that come in and are super passionate about the business, super passionate about winning, super passionate about making the money, super excited to be a part of your company. So what advice do you give them about reinvesting? How would you approach that? So I'm a franchisee, Charles, uh, what do you tell them? I mean, it goes back to basic business advice, right? Um, maintaining reserve capital, investing in the right marketing budgets, right? And 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 um, and your own leadership team, right? So um, I, I think it's basic economics. If I'm I'm on the beginning of this curve and I have my first one, two, three locations open, I'm going to want to network quarterly with the highest performing franchisees, maybe fly out, meet together on a quarterly basis, share best practices. I'm going to expect more from the franchisor in terms of coaching and leadership team, KPIs and performance. I, like anything else, every business owner, myself included, we get lost when we lose sight of those KPIs and we don't keep those processes going. So, I mean, I think you need to leverage the value of a franchise system, which is collaboration with franchisees, collaboration with leadership team, focus on, you know, customer acquisition and reserve capital. I think you need to start with the exit because like any of us, like Charles, at some point you might say, I'm, I'm tired of it. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to walk away. You, you build technology enterprise value in, in your firm and you say, you know what? Who wants in and franchising? I'm going to hand this off. I'm going to I'm going to take a break. And that wh whether that happens or not in your business or it happens in mine, I think if you start with the exit in mind, now you make strategic decisions to get there because you're playing for a bigger number. And I think unfortunately, most franchisees and and franchisors, to be fair, play in micro moments. They focus on the now, not not in the future. And part of what we were talking about, if you talk, if you really dive into the candidate journey knowing that I just found out about franchising today, I may not make my first inquiry for six months or a year. The reality is the franchisors really need to get in the mindset of they're already playing in 2023 right now or 2024. And if they can, if the franchisor has that mindset, then they can also guide their franchisee on day one. Tell me what your exit looks like. They're like, you know, I, I really want to build up legacy that I can hand off to generations of my family to come. Okay, so you're going to try to build generational wealth, right? Yes. Okay, so then what you should be thinking about is a percentage of every dollar that you make each year should be set aside for savings, whether that's college or whatever it is for your children. 
And then the rest, you should be scaling into your other units because the reality, if you're trying to build a business that is sustainable, build up a pocket of three to five locations and hand it off to your children. That's a good business. Some people might say, I want to build significant wealth. Okay. Well, you know, right now a multiple could be three and a half X times EBITDA uh, for a franchisee. Okay. So what does that exit look like? What does wealth look like? Is it $1 million? Is it $10 million? Is it $100 million? Is it a billion dollars? Whatever that number is, it sets your tone that if you're going to get to there, then you understand what reinvestment looks like early on, whether that's into marketing, whether it's into support it, whether it's into your staff to keep it stickier. But it helps it helps frame your decisions so that you're deciding through this uh, as you go. So in my opinion, if you start with the exit, uh, you can start planning for how to reinvest. You can never go wrong with that advice, right? But how many of us don't do that in terms of beginning with the end in mind, right? And so we get absorbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have me reflecting myself. So, so we let's assume my exit is ten years from now, or maybe my son or daughter. Will will come in and will we'll have built a you know an organization. Wait a second, that breaking news? Did you just announce you have a daughter? <laughs> um. So we're going backwards, right? We know there's a legacy building, multi-unit ownership. What do you see as the success factors between those multi-unit operators and the ones that fall flat? If you Let's just say, we'll use simple math. And go ahead, load up the comments. Whenever I use my simple math, you're like, Nick, your math is wrong. Right, it's close. You make a million bucks, your net is 10% on unit one. So you make 100 grand a year, right? Before taxes. Um, let's say at two units, economy of scale, you're able to shave off some expenses. Maybe you're able to keep employees a little bit more because you can fill out their hours with your second location. It's within proximity. So now your unit one, your net profitability went up to 12%. So now you made 120. And unit two might also be at 12% because of economies of scale. So now all of a sudden you're making 240 on two units. Now you take all that 240 and you go invest in two more. And so for the next year, you're down to 100. But over the two years from now, you're now making 500. So like the, the point is like, I think it's, I think the hardest part when it comes to scaling a franchise is historically how to make money work for something that isn't that year. And that's where like you and I have talked about this of the, the bad of, a, of, of New Year's Day or New Year's Eve is that we use that as a hard stop when maybe it shouldn't be in the form of these types of business model. Maybe you should be looking at a, a two-year run on your on your business to understand like some of the waves that 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 it goes through. Um, because you know, we're conditioned that if we're if our if our net income goes down year over year, whether that's in a job or it's in business ownership that, that you're losing for some reason, not potentially that you're reinvesting the dollars into something that could potentially work. So that, that's where you got to start thinking through like what does that model look like what what are the what are the ups and downs um we had, when we had scott thompson on 
uh, with Big Blue, he talked about uh, really leveraging an SBA loan that you use it for unit one, you exit that SBA loan with your profits and you take that SBA, SBA loan and you apply it to unit two. Now unit one is gaining value because the SBA loan is off of unit one and unit two, you're using, you're using money and resources to, to allow you to scale. That seems fairly viable, but I mean, you're also talking about a business that has significant volumes that allows you to do that. So the point is, if you want to be successful in franchising, you will be in a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percentage point uh, if you have one unit. Like it's it's very, very rare for you to make enough money to build wealth on one unit. Uh, it's, it's more likely on multi. And we've heard this from other franchisors going from two to three or three to four is a, there's a lot of challenges that come alongside that. And a lot of it is the mentality of, of, of understand that I might have to hire someone, which means my annual income is going to go down for a period of time with the hope that it, it doubles up beyond that, you know? Well, right. And everything we're discussing is sort of a linear path, right? Where you have your ROI, but there's franchisees out there. They're scared out of their minds right now, right? They signed a franchise agreement. COVID happens, COVID doesn't happen. Okay, so let, let's, because there will be those single unit franchisees who are not thinking that far ahead. And quite frankly, their immediate goal is to, let's assume it's a good one, build a thriving business and organization. So, so let's project into the franchisees that they don't know if they're going to be multi-unit. They've invested a good portion of their livelihood. They're open up. Like, what's the advice there as to what's going to create those success factors? Um, being careful with your spend. Don't don't go buy the the bigger house or the bigger car. Like, yeah, bootstrap as long as humanly possible. I've talked about this when I started my business for the first three years. Like I budgeted my life on $42,000 a year and what, what that allowed me to do. And it wasn't crazy, but I built up a reserve of a quarter million dollars over those first three years. So I, I did net more, but I put it like mentally, I blocked it out and I put it into reserve so that in year three, I had my rainy day fund that no matter what happened, it like the business wouldn't live or die on whatever happened in that moment there was there was sustainability in this reserve and so the reserve was still call it net income but it it, it i put it to the side and my life didn't change therefore like my my lifestyle might have gone up a little bit in year three or year four um but i i try to keep it at a pace that allowed me to keep reinvesting. And then in our, in our business, it's, uh, after being an agency first, and we took all that money uh, beyond the reserve and said, let's go start 1851, which we did. Um, so that's a reinvestment in the business. And like, it, it definitely took time um, to get to the point of, of building wealth, but I wasn't in it for a, a three-year run. I, I, wanted, I wanted to run. Um, so don't, don't overspend on, on luxury. Uh, don't, don't change your life in your first three years. Maybe, you know, take, take a 
a, a incredible vacation in year four, <laughs> put that in your business plan where you're going to fly first class to Europe and you're going to, you know, li live it up on a, on a, a trip that is more money than you've ever spent so that you feel valid or validation on how hard you've worked. But like, you got, you got to have the long-term mentality. Most don't. Most spend what they make or over what they make. And so they're in this constant, you know, battle with debt. And that's probably what creates all these other exterior stress points. And what happens then, unfortunately, if you have that, that stress on you, um, you know, when someone's like, look, you gotta, you gotta increase your marketing spend. There's zero chance they're scared. Like, I can't do that. I have no money. I, I think this is critical, right? And so if you want to have a bar and arenas, and so now we have this reserve, I'm looking at it like a large cattle ranch where all this money is for fuel and growth. But um, talking about reserve, meaning you have the right capital when you go into the franchise, right? And if you're looking at that item seven and the franchisor says you need thirty to $55,000 in reserve capital for the first three months, you probably need double of that, or at least you should have it. And then your point, Nick, is, is critical, right? You're not done. The fact that you opened up the business and you had your grand opening and your friend sent, I don't know, you know, a nice card and flowers or a plant, you're just getting started, right? So it's not like, I mean, I love the mindset shift that you just offered because you have to be paranoid on day one and you've got to be building that reserve because that's the fuel to weather a storm. That's the fuel to, to get into multi-unit ownership. That's the fuel to invest in your single location and scale growth, right? And look, I, I could say as a business owner, nothing feels better than to build up reserves for the business, right? And to honor that business. And, and so, like you said, I, I take reserves and I block them out of my life because the business is its own organization. It's living and it needs that capital or else, or else there's bad things happen. All right. I, I have, I have a, I have a Nick chart and let's see if I can do this right. Okay. You see my, see this chart? Yep. Okay. So I, look at that zero, right? Zero is the starting point. And let's just say a hundred is, is level one. So in year one, you go up to level a hundred on unit one, but then mm -hmm. you got to reinvest. So you go down to 50, 50 is still better than zero. And so if you look at a chart like this, and again, this is, this is Nick math and I, I understand it, but if you only have one time that you drop below that hundred, so that's year two, let's call that year two, year three, you're now at level 200, year four, cause you reinvested, you're back at a hundred. So you, you go down, but the reality is you never go back down too much. So like mentally, that's a, let's call that a two-year plan of a reinvestment. Now, if you, if you get into the 50 and you get stuck at the 50 and you don't, you don't recover, then you know that your investment isn't the, the right one, that you need to bat, you need to take some steps backwards and, and retract your steps. But it's like that, that is the chart. It's like up, down, up, down, up, down. And if you can get comfortable with that, and maybe you can't because it, it's stressful, but if you can get comfortable with it, then your reinvestment strategy ends up being sound and you mentally know you're only going to have one moment 
below your highest moment of that first year. And so the, the, the other alternative is you, that's the two year stretch. Cause over that first year you made 150 in the second, second time you made 250. So now you just change your shift. You're, you shifted your mindset to say, I'm growing every two years I grow. So it's, it's hard. I mean, that's why only a percentage of people actually start, start businesses and only a tiny fraction of those can actually create scalable businesses. Very small, very small percentage. That's franchising or just pure entrepreneurs. Um, but you know, you gotta, you might dream of big money someday. Um, but you, you gotta, you almost gotta keep that dream of big money going far beyond where you're currently at and understand that investment is going to equal that ultimate return, you know? Right. And then you have to benchmark. I mean, we started off where you're beginning with the end in mind of legacy building or whatever it is, but now condensing everything year one, we talked about budgeting and building a reserve or building a reserve. Now you need to apply it um, to a budget, to KPIs. You need to monitor it every month, every week, see where the shortfalls are and really tap into the franchisor and franchise system. Like you, you do not want to wait till month nine to find out that you're not getting good ROI in your marketing because you're not spending enough. Right. Totally. So, so like leverage the franchise system. If there's, I mean, the biggest value is the network, right. And what's behind it. So if you're not leveraging that, then, then you're probably setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, you, you find that in, in all, all aspects of it. I mean, I'll say like Charles, like you have a, what, one of the things that I think you've done great in your business is you have a very sticky culture. Like people rarely leave, especially those that in, in your business that are committed to the culture and they have to be a culture fit or a culture ad, obviously. Like you, you gotta be somewhat crazy to work with you. <laughs> um, but you've made that very sticky in, in your business and you've, you've cultivated people that are there for a long time. What does that mean? That means every time you invest in them, it, it actually pays you back because they don't leave. And every, every day of more intelligence within your law firm and, you know, whether that even, even the, the crap stuff of learning how to, how to battle an angry clients, like that lesson learned and the lesson learned now impacts your business because you're making sure you're taking care of your staff and you're growing them up. Um, and so that, that, that is, that is a huge asset. That's a reinvestment and you choose to reinvest in your staff to make sure that they never want to leave. They could, but they don't want to. And so you think about that, that as a franchisee, think about labor relations, um, a lot of franchisees are afraid of that because turnover could be high. So how do you mitigate that? Well, what's your mindset on, on minimum wage? Are you paying more than everybody else? Are you trying to give them autonomy? Are you giving them the ability? Are you giving them a pathway that says, you know, someday I would like you to be a, a partner of mine in my next unit? Like, and that's where you look at reinvestment opportunities, not just cash in. Sometimes it's it's culture, sometimes it's it's personality, and sometimes it's 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 greater than that. Maybe, maybe it's even beyond that. It's like saying, you know, at the end of this life, the, the business scale doesn't matter. I want, I want people saying that I was a good, good dude at my funeral, you know? So, and that, that's the thing, like 
reinvestment can mean a million different things. But if you know what the exit is, then at least you know what percentage and how much. And some people might say, look, I want to open up one unit. I'm going to take the little bit of money that it kicks off. I've, I have a job. I'm keeping my job. Call that absentee. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to, I'm going to have a great vacation every year. And then maybe someday I'll sell it. But I don't like that's okay too. You don't have to, you don't have to want to scale a multi-unit business, you know. No, but you have to want to build a culture and a team. And and we saw that again back to the video with, with the tropical smoothie multi-unit franchisee. He I think he focused more than anything on building opportunity for his team. And 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 not investing in your team, you, you can't even calculate. Uh, the business that you're losing, the complaints you never hear, the co customers who don't complain but never come back, and and it 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 just has big implication for the business. So so I I I think culture is really big, and and you do see it. Multi-unit franchisees focus first and foremost on their team, and there's a reason for that. Right, and and they don't get lost in the money. Correct. They're not they're not trying to be flashier than everybody else on day one. They earn it eventually. Eventually, they have the boats, the cars, the yachts, the trips, everything. But not on day one. Not on year four. They they wait. Well, like, and and they're elevating those team members completely. Yeah, and the team members awesome. appreciate them more. And then they like it's the same chart. Like their team members are right behind them, building some wealth. And wealth does, and wealth doesn't have to mean a million dollars. It can mean you know they have ten thousand dollars in the bank now, and they don't have to worry about the stress of paying their next credit card bill. Like that's wealth building, you know? Um, so that's reinvesting uh, next week uh, or in the next video, we're going to talk about when to pivot um, and get more into scaling the business. We're going to continue to bring guests into the, our program so that you guys have uh, more resources to leverage. And that's Fran X. See ya.